Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Therapy Matters Podcast, your one-stop resource for expert insights and advice on everything therapy and rehab. I'm your host, Allison Jones, and today I'm joined by Nancy Mura, the founder of Pizza Palooza. Nancy, thank you for joining me today. Allison, thank you so much for having me. I love being here. It's great to have you. So Nancy, you wear a lot of hats. You are the founder of Pizza Palooza, as I mentioned, which is how we became acquainted. But you are also the president of Survival Strategies, Inc. That is correct. So before we dive into today's topic, let's, let's unpack that for the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you're focused on in the therapy space today. Oh, that's fantastic. Let's hope I got all of that. You might have to, you might have to re-give me some of those. Yeah. Um, okay. No problem. So <laughs> good. So, you know, I think my favorite thing about my whole journey into private practice is that I I am not I am not a credentialed anything. And not that I want to belittle myself. Um, I I think I've had a nice impact in this profession, so I don't want to belittle myself. But I will say this. I don't have any fancy letters. Um, I'm not a clinician. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a practice owner. I am a serial entrepreneur. And I build businesses and I help businesses. I love to tell stories, Allison, that relate people. Someone out there can relate and go, oh my gosh, that was me. And I like to make sure that I emphasize how, you know, whatever you believe in, God, Juju, um, the universe, God, the universe, somebody closes a door and they open two windows. And that's my mother's Italian voice coming through as well. (laughs) So here I was in this great, you know, real estate career, flipping houses, having a great time of it. And I got very sick with an autoimmune disease. And I thought, I didn't know what I thought. It was really bad. I just really could not get any help on it. Doctors left and right. Nobody could diagnose me. And I wound up just needing to be in bed for about a year. If you get anything from my energy in five minutes, because you and I have talked a lot, being in bed for a year is like not an option. Uh, So that was not a good time. But when when I got myself well, and I say got myself because... It took me controlling the medical field, but that's, that's another story for another time, another <laughs> podcast. But I was like, I need a job. I need a job that doesn't have a pipeline. I need a job that does not relate on, re- rely on sales in my future. So I wound up at Survival Strategies with this very low entry position. And the CEO, God bless him, Craig Ferreira, he's amazing. He saw who I was at a time when I didn't recognize myself, right? Like I'm like, I was this ball of energy. I was this entrepreneur. I was kickstarting a million things. And now I'm like this very tired human being that is just like, go slow, go easy, go easy on me. I was Adele. I was like, go easy on me. So (laughs) I had this very, I knew you'd like an Adele reference. So I had this very low level position in a great company. So what Survival Strategies does is they're a training and consulting company for private practice. 
So they've been in business for 35 years and that's all they do. Only private practice. They could this, what they teach, how you grow a business and how you stabilize a business and how you get it ready for expansion. I would say the word scale, but I hate the word scale. Um, I'm like scale. What? You don't even have a foundation. People, please get, get a foundation. And then we can talk about scaling. So, but how you scale after you've stabilized, um, that's, that's what they do. And they could do that in the automotive industry. They could do that in the restaurant industry, but they love private practice and very specific private practice. I must say they really like the, the PT, OT speech, anything that rehabs people from like a whole person perspective. They love that. So so I love that as well because even looking at my own recovery, I needed to be looked at as a whole as a whole person. So that resonated. Anyway, I love the company and I loved the clients because private practice owners are they're one of a kind. They are really nobody is waking up in this industry going like, "Ooh, how many patients before I have the beach house?" Ooh, nobody. Nobody. This is a purpose-driven Feels yes. and that resonated with me, right? Wouldn't you agree? Completely yes. purpose driven. So I love the love the clients, love the company, loved what we were doing, and it wasn't enough for me. So I left and I ran an outpatient ortho, you know, uh, P, um, PT clinic that that services the the um, adult and senior communities, and I did that and I love that as well, but. The, it was very funny. I think the guy needed the business to lose money because I came in and I quickly saw from my training, like, wow, you're never going to make it, mister. You got two $90,000 USC graduates and you're doing 40 visits a week. Wait, I can help. This is what my company does. So I told him he had to put me through a program. He put me through a referral development program through Survival Strategies and I boomed the business. And the more I boomed it, the more he yelled at me. So I think, <laughs> isn't that weird, right? Like my stats are going up. My graphs are looking amazing. And he's screaming at me every time the stats go up. So what I figured out is that he bought these limping practices all throughout the United States. He needed that company to lose money. And I was now making it make money, which is what our company teaches you how to do. So long story short, he just came in one day, Allison, and he just shut it down. He just, it was the highest number we'd ever reached. He came in on a Friday and he said, we're closing down. Now, this is an interesting thing. This is nothing I like people to think with. Usually when you get fired, you're like, how do I contract? How do I contract? And this is the entrepreneurial mindset. I was like, ooh, I just got a check with all my PTO, all of my vacation, you know what I'm going to do even though I don't have a job? I'm going to go buy a new car. I'm going to go buy a car. I'm going to go spend money and buy a bigger thing and believe in myself more. So I went and did that. And then I went back to survival strategies and I had this idea in a hot yoga class, believe it or not. Hot yoga, shavasana, I'm laying there in a pool of sweat, right? And I said, you know, nobody is helping these peds guys, this pediatric field, this pediatric profession, everyone is sort of lumping them in with, with what we call adult PT. I know it's like not the way. And it's very different. It's very different and nobody was helping them. And I was like, you know what? 
I think we can go in there and be specific. So my slogan is private practice is its own animal and pediatric is its own species. And now we have a few other own species, home health, um, ABA. There are things that we delve into that are also their own species. And we now, um, we now design our curriculum, so to speak, or our programs around, and we train our consultants around those things that are inherent. So then I just worked my way up. I blew up this peds thing and we started peds palooza, which started as a Facebook group, had, um, me and Diane Cruselius, and she's the owner of ABC Pediatric Therapy. She's like my co-conspirator, co-creator. And uh, she was one of our earlier clients. She started as a mom and pop, little tiny fish. And she now has like 10 locations and does, I don't even know, 30, I'm 3,300, 3,400 visits a week. So that's what we do. And we grew up this Pizza Palooza idea And the Facebook group now has a couple of thousand owners in it. And then we started recognizing other areas, people that want to open private practice, going back to the um, outpatient ortho. And I just, because I brought this really great idea to the table, I quickly rose up in the company and was made president. So that's really nice. That's kind of new. So I've been president Mm -hmm. for about two years of a company that's been around for 35 Um, so I feel pretty good about that. And the impact we have on this industry, I think is pretty, I I think it, you know, we, we're leaving a footprint for sure. Um, and we just, we just love helping this industry. It's, it's just that simple. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you for that background. Thank you for that insight. So when we were preparing for this podcast today, we threw out a whole bunch of topics. We talked about, you know, should we talk about reimbursement challenges? Should we talk about technology issues, economic burdens? There's a bunch of different things that we talked about, but we kept returning to the same theme. We kept coming back to staffing and hiring. Um, So that's what we're going to focus on. And that's what we're going to dig into today. Overcoming those staffing challenges. And specifically, we're going, to, we're going to aim to provide some tips and tricks on how to deal with those challenges um, and come out on the other side successfully. All right? So awesome. That's, Love it. That's, that's our goal today. So first up, and, and you, you sort of talked a little bit about it, um, you know, earlier. There's been a shift there's been a little bit of a shift. You you talked about, you know, this being a purpose-driven um, market, but there's been a little bit of a shift in, 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 in hiring in this market. So tell me a little bit about what's changed recently. Well, there's a couple of things that have changed. One is when a couple of these, like the bigger fish, like we call them big fish. When a couple of the bigger fish got out there, I just spoke to a lovely owner today that has 17 locations and she's privately owned 17 locations. She has 478 staff. And when she started, the playing field was very different. People not only didn't know their own kids, nobody knew that kids needed the amount of help they did, the developmental issues they needed, that they, that they had and that they needed. And everybody kind of thought they could go through the schools. And the school offered, uh, offered services. And so it was this very sort of um, no man's land of pediatric. That's, that's pediatric. And 
PT, adult PT, outpatient ortho, they had a PR problem in the beginning going way back. Is that when you had a little car accident and your attorney or insurance company was like, you should get PT. I remember thinking like, I don't want to waste my time with PT. Like go there and like, like throw a ball and like get a little heat pack. Like I don't have time for that. Like I had no idea what physical therapy actually did and neither did the world. So there was a PR problem with both, both a lot of, a lot of fields. Chiropractors were like considered quacks back in the day. And now it's like, oh, I have a chiro. Like people have a chiro on speed dial. They go three times a week. So there was a PR issue in the beginning. So it was very simple to get in business Simple to get in, but not not easy to grow in because people didn't recognize the demand. Okay, now with certain fields like peds, there is, it's like gas stations. There is a practice on every corner. So what does that mean? That means they all need to be staffed. Then an interesting thing happened, especially, I mean, I speak mostly in the pediatric sphere because I'm knee deep in that on a daily basis. The other thing that happened, besides the fact that there was this growing need for more therapists, is that um, therapists started coming out of school with a different idea of how much they needed to make. And that's that's a little bit interesting. Like there's a little bit of push on the internet of how much, because there's student loans, like everything is connected to everything else. So now you've got practices on every corner, you've got that, and you've now got this huge demand because now they're diagnosing better, there's more people recognizing it, and so the demand is just huge. And so people need more therapists. But I think the biggest change is in how many practices opened up. Once everybody got past the PR and insurance and all these things, that happened. So it's like real estate. It goes from being a buyer's market, a seller's market, a buyer's market, a seller's market. Well, right now it's a staff driven universe. It's an employee driven, meaning that in an apparency, the clinicians don't need the owners as much as the owners need the clinician. Now, the reason I say that's an apparency is because that's not the way the universe works. That's the way it looks in paper. Same in real estate. It's a buyer's market. But guess what? If nobody buys, if nobody buys, oh, we're buyers, we're, you know, up here nobody buys, it switches and becomes a seller's market. So right now, everybody is like, hi, I'm a therapist. I'm needed and wanted. And that's all great and groovy unless schools start releasing a lot more people or a lot more people enter the work field or practices get swallowed up by other practices that can go out there and really... um can really go out there with a really big need to acquire personnel and very heavily hit the industry and get everybody. And they can do things that a mom and pop can't. They can fly to colleges. They can fly to a job fair. I'm here in Michigan. I'm not going to fly to Florida where there's some great school. I mean, you could, but the chances are small. So those are kinds of the things that have changed the most is the demand is not meeting the supply. And, um, 
and then the student loans crush on the on the on the people that want to be hired they come in wanting a higher salary so all of that just adds to the shortage and the shortage is nationwide and i'm sure anybody who's listening to this will agree it is it's nationwide absolutely so then the the question becomes how can practices adapt to these changes and um overcome these challenges? What do they need to do? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I always say this, and I said this when I was in real estate and people like, but you could list my house. The guy down the street said he could list my house for a hundred thousand dollars more. I'm like, glad he said that. I am never going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to know. And this may be a bitter pill for your listeners to swallow. I'm apologizing in advance and I'm from New York. So I'm very straight. I don't, I'm not Willy Wonka. I can't sugarcoat stuff. Um, here's the biggest, look, someone is going to get hired somewhere. It's like dating. It's like, there's no good men. There's no good women. Someone's got a good man. Somebody's got a good woman, right? How did they get them? I don't believe in luck. Luck is just not a word in my vocabulary, unless you want to have luck defined as where perseverance and opportunity meet. It's a crossroad. If you persevere and you increase your opportunities, you'll have what I call luck. But there's really in my world, that's a four, that's, that's a real dirty four letter word luck. Okay. Means you can't be at cause means you're going to be the bug and not the windshield. So here's the dirty truth that I would want listeners to know. They are going to go work where they want to work. They are going to, there are people that need to, to work somewhere. So why not, why not one, two, three PT or one, two, three pediatric? Why not this facility? Why? Because they can choose. So the number one thing is you better have your ducks in a row. You better run a fine tuned, well-oiled machine. Your culture better be very, 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 um, well-defined and to attract the right people, which aids in your stability, which then aids in your expansion, you have to have a system in place so that you are efficiently well-managed with expectations and people want to know the good ones. So first of all, you can hire, but do you want to hire an A team or a C plus team? I'm going to assume anybody listening to this is looking to improve themselves. You want an A team. I've seen yeah. what A teams do for a practice. I mean, they, they it, it takes a village. It's not some owner, you know, waving a magic wand. It takes that team, that support, that compliance, that uh, foresight, that vision of others to make the to make the dream come true. So, I hate to be cliche, but teamwork does make the dream work. So. <laughs> But that owner better know what the dream is. That owner better be well-defined, better have a mission statement, better have policies and procedures in place so that when a person, if I'm an A-plus person and I come interview at your practice and there's nowhere for me to go, I can't go up, I could basically be lateral, that's going to be a problem. If I'm a person that doesn't want to produce like I'm one of these like, oh no, I had a lady tell me today, a gal came in and told her three patients a day is all I can do. Eight hour day, three hours, three patients is all I can do. And um, she didn't hire her. 
she'll go across the street and go work. Somebody will hire that girl and give her that because they're not organized enough to be able to discern or be able to reject. They can't reject. They're in a position of, I need you. I need you. Come work for, I'll take anybody. You don't want to take anybody. That's number one. Number two, so your culture. Your culture and your your expectations need to be well-defined. Your practice needs to be incredibly well-run. Not any everybody becomes an entrepreneur. It, it is not the easiest thing. You're taking on a lot of responsibility and a lot of, liabil- lot of liability, and sometimes staff will make more money than the owner, okay? There's plenty of owners out there not taking a paycheck. It drives me crazy. I can help you with that. But, but just know that that's not the right scenario. You know, they know it's not the right scenario, but sometimes the staff make equal or more than an owner and you have to have all your expectations written out. So they know that, but your A team, they want to know that there is a lifeguard at the deep end of the pool. Somebody is running the show because they did not sign up to be the owner. They did not sign up for that amount of liability, that amount of responsibility. So I always say there's three people. There's three types of of staff, right? Or or people in a practice. There's on on this far side here, you've got the owner and they're like, bring all that responsibility, bring all that liability. I have a dream. I have an idea. I have an ideal scene. This is what it's going to look like. People start practices for so many reasons. You know, rehab saved my dad's life. Um, uh, I have special needs kids and I wanted them to come to my facility. All kinds of reasons. Um, Right. And then you got people on this way other side. And they're like, hey, I just want to punch clock. I maybe I'm an entrepreneur and I'm starting a dog food company in my garage at night. I don't want to think about your job on the weekend. And that's great. And they come in and they do a great job. That's them. But then there's these people in the middle. They're the A+. They're the people that are like, no, don't want all the responsibility. I don't want all the liability. I don't want all the all the things I can't figure out because it is a ball of wax to figure out private practice. But I want to go somewhere and I want to help you grow and you go somewhere. For you to get those people, you have to have a plan, a mapped out plan. Like we have something, we're doing it this weekend actually, is a ladders program that one of our presenters developed so that her staff could just go up and they knew they're, like that you start here and in five years you can be here and this is how much money you can make and it's pretty, it's pretty nice. So efficiency, uh, lifeguard at the deep end of the pool, somewhere for them to go, the culture has to be right, and then you cannot hire under fire, and that's where a lot mm-hmm. of people go wrong, right? Yep. You've probably yep. seen it. You hire under fire. You you suspect you've got a clinic with 18, 18 women in it. You've got 18 you know, you've got 33 staff and 18 of them. Somebody's going out on maternity leave. Somebody or somebody is moving to, you're in a, um, you're in a uh, facility that's near a military base. And that's why you got a lot of referrals is from this military base. Well, guess what? Somebody in there has a spouse that's going to get, that's going to get shipped out somewhere else. They're going to go from right. Port, Point Magoo to Cape Canaveral. And I'll probably mix it up my 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 uh, Army, Navy, and Air Force. But you get my drift. People are going. So why do you wait till the end? You need to be collecting those resumes 
all the time. And people ask this. We have a, we have a, a webinar called the Lemonade um, Lemonade Webinar, and and it is peds, but I'm telling you, it really is just administrative know-how, and we have a ton of other industries listening to it. Um, you go to pedsapalooza.com, you go to the Knowledge Center, you get a password, and then bam, you can see four, almost four years of twice a month administrative know-how stuff. So we talk a lot about hiring, and one of the ones is collect resumes, collect them, get good people, and Meet them anyway. Meet them anyway. Have someone that you know can read people. Read you yourself. Meet them if their if their resume is spectacular. We just had this happen the other day. We're not hiring we, right now. We have a little bit of a hiring freeze in certain areas. A gal came in, and the people that usually do the hiring and the interviewing, they met with her, and they weren't that plussed by her. They, to be honest, they just weren't. They thought she was okay. And they thought she asked for too much money. And I kind of heard something else. So I met with her anyway. And first of all, she was, I was right. The way it read was that we, we came across a little bit. That's my other thing. Always own your mistakes. We came across a little bit like, um, like we disregarded her. Like we didn't really duplicate what she had to offer the industry. And mm-hmm. just by meeting with her, she fessed up like, you know what? I can see why I'm really kind of like in flux myself. And I don't know if I want to live in Chicago and, and then I couldn't be here where you are in Florida. It might not work anyway, but I really just wanted to meet you. Why? Because she was one of those people that got completely rehabbed and she was wanted to be in a field. So like, what a purpose. Like, you're just going to like put someone's resume aside like that? Like, no, I was like, well, let's think about what we can do. Can we do a podcast? Can we um, start some kind of something that honors these great therapists? Like maybe we can invent something that isn't on there yet. Like, no, I can't hire you right now. But I met with her and I have her resume and her, her purpose and her whole beingness like absorbed into my memory. So great people, I always have a motto, great people deserve great people. And it's terrible when an awesome, amazing staff person has a tyrant, horrible, disorganized employer. And it's horrible when an amazing, generous, purpose-driven owner has you know, just a cruddy staff person that really doesn't care and is just there to collect a paycheck. So you have to constantly, constantly be looking and collecting resumes. And if you get a person that is amazing, hire them. You have to live, if you're an owner, you have to live out of the risk. You have to live out of when you're an owner, you're a trapeze artist. And there's a time (laughs) When you're on that trapeze to get to the other side, you have to let go of the rings. It's just inherent to get to the other side. So you have to be willing to get to the other side. What does that mean? That means you hire that person and you build a caseload. And that's where the efficiency, see, everything's connected to everything else, Allison, because if you're Mm -hmm. efficient enough, you're not sitting there going, oh, shoot, it's Sunday at four o'clock. I got to go to Costco and get the toilet paper. For tomorrow, I got to get the cupcakes because we're celebrating four staff birthdays. No, that's not you because you're organized and efficient. You can say, hey, I have a vision. I got this gal or guy. They're phenomenal. Their track record is unbelievable. And the only reason they left their practice 
is because the practice shut down or got absorbed or blew up. Who knows? And they are available and I don't want to let them go. Build it. They will come. But that's why you have to have that level of efficiency. So the culture, the, the efficiency, the culture, the risk, the not hiring under fire and giving them a place to go, I would say are the five top things. Don't be afraid of new grads. There's a plus side to new grads. You get to break them of any habit before they have it. Though those would be those would be my things, and just um, right. the yeah, that's what I would say. That's excellent. That I mean, that's that's amazing, amazing advice. Any final thoughts that you want to leave the audience with? Yes, I think this is a very difficult time out there. There's a lot of change. There's um, and I don't want to be I don't want to be doomsdayer, but I saw it with the outpatient ortho when the conglomerates come in and buy up everybody. It makes it very hard for mom and pops to survive. Now is the time to put your stake with the little white flag into the ground, call it yours, and stabilize, get efficient, stabilize, and expand so that you make a name for yourself. So that when someone comes in and opens up ten locations in eighteen months in your area, you can survive through that. Secondly, anything that you can conceive of can be done. I've got a ton of people talking about diminishing reimbursements, hiring and diminishing reimbursements. There's ways around that. If you're willing to not be the windshield, if you're willing to be the windshield and not be the bug, there is a solution to every problem that you have in private practice. You need to talk to people and, hey, look, I drink the Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm with survival strategies, right? But go out there and seek a mentor, seek guidance, get with someone or, or a company or a, a group that is doing better than you are and surround yourself with them. Bring something to the table to give them in reciprocity, but be willing to engage and, and keep an open mind. And you can always learn. So this lady with 17 locations, 478 staff, I said, why are you talking to me? She said, because you're never, ever too good to learn. That's what I would leave people with. Yeah. Always be learning. Always be learning. ABL. Yep. Okay. And so you mentioned pizzapalooza.com. Where can people learn more about uh, survival strategies? Great. So you can go to survivalstrategies.com and there's tons of testimonial um, videos of our clients, both pediatric, adult. That's pretty much what we do. OTPT speech, whether you're pediatric or adult. And we do audiology. We love audiologists. We love helping that profession as well. Uh, But those are the professions right now we feel that we can give the most help to. Um, You can go there. If you are pediatric and you're above 100 visits, you want to go to pizzapalooza.com or billable hours, you know, whatever, you know, but 100 or above. If you're under and you're a newer practice, there's a group for you called Poppy. These are Facebook groups. Poppy, P-O-P-P-E-E is for peds opening up new private practices. Uh, there's the private practice networking conferences. That's a Facebook group for your traditional outpatient ortho that treats adults. So vestibular people, audiologists that do adult, otherwise you're in the Palooza group. We direct you. You define one of our groups and we direct you. We ask you a bunch of questions and then we tell you, we tell you where to go. That's what we do. You'll, That's what we're You'll good find at. the right spot. 
find exactly. one of them and we'll get, you'll get directed to the right spot. That's exactly right. Excellent. All right. Well, Nancy, we are out of time, but I want to thank you so much for joining us today. So much great information um, in this podcast. So, you know, we're excited to share this with our community and share those uh, five great tips for handling the staffing challenge out there. So thank you so much for joining us. And I want to thank our audience for tuning in to the Therapy Matters podcast, your one-stop resource for expert insights and advice on everything therapy and rehab. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Therapy Matters. Do you like the podcast? Give us a five-star rating, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the show. Want to be a guest or know someone that would be a great guest speaker? Contact me at allison.jones at raintreeinc.com. That's A-L-L-I-S-O-N dot jones at raintreeinc.com. Therapy Matters is brought to you by Raintree, therapy and rehab's favorite EMR. Raintree is the only all-in-one therapy EMR delivering a complete and seamless end-to-end patient journey from first contact to payment to patient retention. To learn more about Raintree, visit us online at raintreeinc.com.